Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. I'm already laughing, you guys. I got Invisalign, okay? <laughs> and it's really kind of hard to talk. I'm like still getting used to it. And when you have a microphone up in your face, I feel like it's emphasized so much. So we're all going to get used to this together. Bear with me. It's going to be a journey. I have to wear these for like literally a year to a year and a half, depending on how it goes. So I just put in new liners today. This is like week two that I'm going on. And like the first few days are hard and then I get used to it. But anyway, I just had to point that out right off the bat because things might sound a little bit different on some of my like S's and other words. <laughs> but anyway, um, super excited for you guys to be here today. Before we dive into the episode and I do the intro to our fucking incredible guest today, which I still can't believe this happened. It was so amazing. Uh, definitely watch this one on YouTube if you guys aren't already. Um, gotta plug Groove Cruise 2025 because rooms are literally almost gone by the they're already 91% sold out but by the time this comes out they're probably like 95% sold out um so you guys want to grab them before they're gone I am going again I am a partner again you guys my code is still active um so if you want to save $50 off per person per room up to $200 in savings if you get a quad room use code RAVECULTUREcast all one word, rave culture cast, and that'll apply it to your room. Payment plans are available, all the good things. Um, I had such a great time. Our entire group literally rebooked the week we came home. It is too good to not go. I, I, I'm so on board for Groove Cruise, you guys. And next year's ship is twice the size where it's Royal Caribbean, Allure of the Seas. It's, I can't get over how I sound right now. Sorry. It's going to be incredible. There's amazing. It's just going to be amazing, guys. It's going to be massive. So many stages, 18 decks. It's crazy. I'm on deck 12 if you want to book with me. Um, but just want to put that out there because rooms are going to be gone soon. So definitely book as soon as possible. All right. With that being said, let's chat about today's guest. So this is somebody who has been big in the game for 20 plus years. Uh, his previous project, Claude Von Stroke, Anybody heard of him? <laughs> Won over audiences and built a legacy through his label Dirty Bird Records and events like Dirty Bird Campout. Uh, Barclay Crenshaw, which was originally his side project and alias um, when he was, you know, playing under Claude Von Stroke, which by the way, Barclay Crenshaw is his real name. Uh, he is now laser focused on this new direction. It's incredible. He has been exploring genres near and dear to his heart. So bass music, dub, hip hop, funk, it's all fun high energy. It's incredible, you guys. Um, His new album, Open Channel, is going to drop on March 8th, followed by a tour kicking off uh, March 8th in New York City at Webster Hall. So go stream the album, save the date, buy tickets to the show, support guys. He's absolutely incredible. This new direction is so refreshing. Um, I've been like binge listening to his sets online and it just feels really right for Barclay. So we're going to talk a little bit about how this huge change has happened for him, his story, and honestly, just learning from the best. It was incredible just getting to pick his brain. So without further ado, please welcome to the podcast, Barclay Crenshaw. We'll, we'll kick things off. Like I said, I'm so excited to have you here. And um, I've had Dirty Bird fam on the podcast. Nikki has yeah. been on the podcast a couple of years ago, which was really cool. And uh, I've been loving what you're doing. It looks like you're having a ton of fun. And I'm excited yeah. to chat with you at, at this time in your career. But yeah, as I mentioned, 80 days to make an album. So what what day are we actually on today? <laughs> We're actually done. Ah, okay. So the 80 days... I didn't really, I, it was kind of my fault. I didn't think of this, that, mm -hmm. 
when I was doing it over the summer, I didn't think that when I started posting them, obviously everyone would think that was the actual <laughs> day that I was on. Sure. But I, I, it's actually already done. But we are still counting down until the release date. So day zero is the day that the album comes out. Amazing. But feasibly, you can't really set up an album the same day it gets finished. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But it has been fun following the journey. Like, I I love the way that you've been doing this and the commitment to posting daily, like whatever the updates are. It's been really, really fun following that. I think that the most recent posts have been your trip to London, which I just saw. And that was that harder like an than I thought. Trip. Would, yeah, that was harder <laughs> than I thought it would be to post every day. To just mm-hmm. record something every day seems right. all like no problem, but it's actually kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, because sometimes you don't feel up to it. I'm sure. Yeah, but it ended up being fun. That London trip was really great. Oh, that's so awesome! I wanted to ask you your connection to London because it funny story when I was growing up like back when like iTunes was like the thing where you were looking at the charts like I would always set my iTunes to the UK I just really loved their music scene and that was just something I related to so having so many vocalists and artists from the UK has been amazing to see but was there you know what was the rhyme or reason to that uh I also have a long history of going to London as Claude Von Stroke and uh, the club fabric was probably one of the first places to pick up on like my career mm-hmm. and duty over there and all the staff and a lot of those people are still there. And I think like those, that's the first town that I ever DJed in outside of America. And it was the first time I went like seriously raving like all night until the next day and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I just always really liked it. And I also think, of course, I love America. (laughs) But I think there's something going on in England where the average UK citizen deeply cares about music. A Mm. little bit more than the average citizen over here. I think people love music Mm. here, of course. But if it's almost like they know more facts and they're more studied unlike mm-hmm. this genre and that genre and the way they merge. And it just seems like people are a little bit more into individual artists and following people and stuff, mm-hmm. which is why there's like 800 festivals on an island the size of Michigan. Right. Yeah, very true. That's right. true. Yeah. Their, their culture is pretty, pretty amazing. I haven't had a chance to rave over there actually. So it's on the bucket list of things to do. But yeah, no, they're seeing, would you say like, as far as genre genres go to that, they're pretty like fluid with what they enjoy listening to as well, because you're mixing so many different things with with the Barclay Crenshaw project. No, they (laughs) are a little bit more uh, hyper genre focused, even Mm. more than here. And that it just depends on who you talk to. I can't generalize at all. But I will just give you an example of like the grime MCs that I was working with manga and snowy on one track Mm -hmm. were telling me like snowy's having a hard time doing anything in London because he's from Nottingham. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And And they're like, if you don't do the right things in the right click, then you can't get anywhere in grime in London and everything's very clicky. 
And I do remember that being similar in drum and bass and jungle in like the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, I met uh, this DJ from, I think he's from Sweden or Norway on a plane and he had an English mm-hmm. accent. And I'm like, I thought you were from Sweden. And he goes, yeah, I had to develop an English accent because no one would listen to my demos oh in my the drum God. and bass scene. <laughs> that's anyway i don't know i mean i'm like going all these convoluted answers no 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 i love it i love it that's right wherever this conversation goes i'm i'm happy with it but no i just wanted to kind of like hear about that story because i yeah i love the direction that you're going in um and like the new tracks and everything but i want to back up a little too i'm kind of getting ahead of myself but um you also grew up with like influences like hip-hop and you were super into that scene as well like how has that influence kind of come into this project? And do you feel like the music you're making now is like the most true to you, like growing up as well? Yeah. I mean, I got a radio, like a jam box when I was, I think, 11 years old. And mm-hmm. I just turned it on the radio every single night. Maybe even before that, I had a radio. And it was pretty much right when rap music was go- starting to go. And I, it was definitely my first love. I became obsessed with hip hop and rap from like my, all my teen years. And then I kind Mm -hmm. of got into other stuff and then somehow I got into house music. I don't even know how that happened, but it just did. (laughs) And then, but I always loved all the breaks based genres, hip hop, jungle, funk, Mm -hmm anything that like the core even like james brown where where the core thing is like on a break Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah and i I was listening to one of your videos one of your updates you were talking about kind of like the new style that you're working with and just like learning new things and just how producing like some of the things have been more difficult than you thought they were going to be can you talk a little bit about kind of like how you've even like developed your skill set more throughout this project yeah so the bass genre is hyper technical mm-hmm. and so if you want a track that can be played in one of these sets it you have to do a little bit of learning you can't just lay down a kick drum and bump 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 like you can with house it's like uh mm-hmm. it's semi-scientific and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's all I'm doing, which is not. I don't want to just be like, this is the new dubstep DJ on the block. That is definitely Mm -hmm. not what I'm doing. But I do like some of that music. And so I made a couple of those songs. And in order to make them even hold up in the modern DJ culture, you got to like watch some tutorials. Right. Because the routing (laughs) and all this crazy stuff that people are doing. People are really yeah. <laughs> smart, way smarter yeah. than me. <laughs> it's well done, but I think it's good. I think I feel like every time I've leveled up in my life is like a phase where I was like educating myself more or I took a new course or I was working with a coach or something like that. So some like sometimes you just need to go through those phases where you are obviously just like lear- exposing yourself to new things and learning new things to like embrace that new that new part of yourself. So it sounds like that's kind of like, like you said, going back to school and yeah. doing tutorials. The funny thing, the funny thing that you say that ha- about having a coach, I've actually had a coach for like years, 
<laughs> he's almost my 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 shrink at this point mm-hmm. where he just keep like it's he's he's basically like a time management slash productivity mm. guru okay but at this point he's my psychologist which is also great to have so right i just do a weekly chat with him and i just get my it's amazing how far off track you can go in one week Mm. (laughs) and then right well especially when you're (laughs) but that's helpful sometimes yeah you need like somebody with non-biased opinion to just give it to you straight and like yeah exactly like tell get you back on track with whatever you need to be focusing on at that time yeah it's It's more it's more for me it's more about time management and um Hmm. getting scatterbrained and like doing too many things and just forgetting what the focus Mm -hmm. is that's usually what okay like i'm supposed to be making music right oh i'm doing like 500 Mm -hmm. other projects but i'm supposed to be making music so let's do that (laughs) (laughs) okay i want to dig a little deeper on that because that hits home with me personally like i am head in the clouds like to have so many projects going on podcast full-time job like i'm I'm a new mom like i have a million things that i'm doing right now so I do need to dig into that more with you because I was looking back and I mean, like in the Dirty Bird era, I know like obviously you have the record label, music, yeah. fe- multiple music festivals, merch line, music, managing a team, you have a family, like you have a million things going on. Like how how did you juggle that during that time? And then kind of like what did you learn you were best at throughout that whole process? I was really just holding it together with duct tape at first because we Mm -hmm. had two babies right when I got popular and now they're like 15 and 17 (laughs) but (laughs) but I can relate to that whole thing that was definitely interesting because I was just going for all the way Mm -hmm. and we just had a lot of responsibilities and pressure and oddly I think that I respond better to pressure than mm-hmm. not having pressure. Does that make sense? Yes. Like the more pressure <laughs> yeah. there is, the better I do. Right. So I don't know why that is. It's unfortunate. <laughs> because right. I would love to not have all. I, so so yeah. basically what happens is when there's no pressure, I create pressure for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's important for me for some reason i have mm-hmm. to make it like this is like the 80 days thing like let's make a really impossible so your last album took you a year <laughs> to make let's chop that way down yeah. <laughs> and uh make it totally yep. impossible and during a family vacation and during the summer when yeah. everyone's <laughs> trying to do stuff and let's see sure. how you do with that so that kind mm-hmm. of is how i operate that's awesome. And film everything on social media. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and also a rebrand and like everything new, new merch line, which I'm so happy you're wearing like the hat that sold out in like two seconds, I think. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's a, I mean, but sometimes that's just how we operate, right? Like it just if that's you're just a person that is a creative and you like to juggle a lot of things. But yeah, maybe having those constraints like is motivating in some weird way. But I, I feel you on the internal pressure because I feel like a lot of the times it's not necessarily an external thing that's happening. It's like me making that pressure myself a lot of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It can get hard. (laughs) 
but it's okay. You're mm-hmm. going to make it. I get, we get, we manage, right? Somehow. Yeah, we, make it, we make it work. Yeah. And I mean, I guess like just closing the chapter sort of, sort of on Dirty Bird, uh, obviously, you know, you guys created such a loyal fan base there. You had a developed sound artists that like I think of immediately when I think of Dirty Bird and the festivals and the community there. So I guess what are you hoping to carry over from that? Or do you envision the community of Barclay Crenshaw being like entirely different than the community that developed with Dirty Bird? I don't think it's going to be entirely different because I think some people will come along for the ride, but mm-hmm. I am very open to getting new fans and developing a new community kind of over here on the left or wherever we are. <laughs> uh, Dirty Bird is still going great and everybody over there is awesome and they're still running it. Mm-hmm. I, it's just that I'm not working there anymore. Yeah. So I don't think about like Dirty Bird as much as I used to, obviously. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I basically know everything that I liked about Dirty Bird and what I didn't like. And so mm-hmm. I'm just trying to pick out my favorite things and doing those and kind of just not doing the things that were they were cool but they're just like Mm -hmm. you know like if you're running a big company there's some things you like and some things you don't Mm -hmm. so like one thing that example of this is one thing i really like at dirty bird was when we did the patches at our festivals Mm -hmm. like we would make individual patches for like this thing or that thing and everyone would trade them and it became like a whole thing and you would show up to camp out and you'd have like 30 patches that you collected over the last three years so i'm doing that again so at every show on this tour i'm giving out 300 patches but you have to literally go to that date to get that patch and some crazy person is going to have all the patches at the end Mm -hmm. and i'm going to like hug them and send them a bottle of wine or something i don't know but that's maybe awesome send them like some crazy jacket that they can put them on but right. uh and then i think people will trade them and be like do you have new york do you have la blah 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 mm-hmm. i just like all this kind of it's like being a kid and i don't know i collect comics still and i'm just a nerd <laughs> i love it though it's like a lo- it's like a loyalty program i mean yeah. seriously like i think I work a lot with like building communities and I, I think that's such a great idea because I, it's just so cool to have a limited amount of something like a collector's item, like you mentioned, that exactly like can just show your dedication to a family or a community or something like that. And I know you have like, I think is the first show on the tour in New York. That's the, yeah, the, that's the album, album release, release right? Yeah. Coming up. Okay. I might have to come out to that because I'm in New Jersey. So that's oh, my- cool. For that's sure. I come to, to shows at Webster Hall, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be awesome. That's so awesome. So will they have their own, will that have their own like 300 patches at the New York New show? York City has one of the coolest patches. It's the actual album cover because it's the release date. Love it. So that's going to be a super coveted patch, I feel like. That's going to be a that's big so one. That's so awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, and I wanted to chat too just about like, it's been seven seven years now since the first your first album under Barclay Crunch, I think. That's so yeah. long. <laughs> I know. I mean twenty seventeen doesn't sound like that long ago, but yeah, when you put like when you think about how many years have gone by it, it's I think COVID has just like erased years yeah. of our life. Um but no, I mean when you approach it 
now in 2024, like I'm sure the music industry is a little bit different. Social media is obviously completely different. Like how have you approached the project now in 2024? And are there like any challenges that have been different to almost like relaunch this in a way to people who may not have known that, you know, you had this project before? Yeah. So good question. Uh, in 2017, this was very much a side project and I tried to squeeze in a little baby tour for mm -hmm. like two months and it just was something I was doing like as just like, it wasn't my main career. It was, it was just kind of mm -hmm. like, here's my little alias thing. Right, this right. time around, I'm not even doing glove on stroke. This is it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm all in. I'm actually investing into the shows. So like we're basically not even making money for because I'm bringing like dancers and lasers and all this crazy. Mm. And we're doing like everything we can to make it amazing. And I'm very focused on the music and the and the question about how the industry's changed is I don't think it works to just put out an album every seven years anymore. Like mm -hmm. not that, that ever worked, but right. <laughs> like uh, my plan is to release a track every two weeks mm -hmm. after the album is out for a little while. And so that, and so I'm going to just do that. Mm -hmm. And I just have so much stuff and so many ideas and I don't really want to be like, Hey, I'm just now a dubstep DJ. I want to do all kinds of funk and, breaks and jungle and everything and mm -hmm. so i think just consistently releasing and talking to my fans like i'm talking to everyone now directly every week on a newsletter which i never did before either yes. like i did that for like a few weeks one year but mm -hmm. now i think because social media is kind of a bait and switch technology where mm -hmm. they collect all your fans and then they charge you to talk to them. Right. So like right. you post something and only 5% of your, the people that follow you even ever see it. Mm -hmm. So I know that in my newsletter, it's the going to the people that signed up for the newsletter. I don't have to wonder if they're right. getting an email. So mm -hmm. I just think that's a cool way to do like more one-on-one -on -one interaction. And I also started a discord sure. server where I'm literally in there every week answering mm -hmm. questions and just talking and this week i'm going to start awesome. live streaming in there yes that's I'm tonight definitely do it. <laughs> oh, okay oh that's so fun so i i i have like a mini like di discord server for the rave culture cast fam but i I run a discord um i work for beatbox beverages we're like a party punch that sponsor like a ton of festivals and we have like seven thousand members in our discord so i run our discord through that and it's like the most insane it's like a group chat that's yeah. the best way to describe it. Like Massive you're just in there chat. chatting with people daily. They become friends. You, you can live stream in it, which is so, so nice. So yeah, it's. I think you're like approaching this in the best way possible because I think that like one-on-one -on -one connection is really what's separating artists right now yeah. personally. Because I, lo I love when artists are like, you know, it's them behind the screen and you're talking to them. I think that makes like all the difference personally. I think, I think so too. And even though our <laughs> Discord has had, I mean, there's only like 600 people in there right now mm -hmm. but every week like 50 more people hear about it and then they mm -hmm. just come in and they tell three friends 
and eventually there's going to be 10,000 people in there and it's going to be crazy. Yep. But I mean, it's going to take a while, but that's okay. A hundred percent. Yeah. But you know, those, those 600 fans are like, they're yeah. truly there for, yeah. And sometimes it's nice. Like when you, I feel like this is just the baby stage. Like it's just the beginning and you're going to remember the OG people who, who were there from the beginning before it like gets up to that, that level. But it's, it's cool to see you trying different things. Is there anything that you liked more than you thought you would like, or like you said, sometimes the posts are exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought the newsletter was going to be terrifying and impossible to mm -hmm. think of something to write every week. And it's actually the opposite. It's so easy and fun. And I, and I, yeah. and I like writing. I was a creative writing major and like, mm. uh, I don't find it the newsletter hard at all. I like it. Right. And I That's mean, awesome. I think like people might be like, Oh, a weekly newsletter. Oh my God. That's all, so many emails, but those aren't the people that I'm really <laughs> writing it for. I'm writing right. for people who actually just want to get free mixes and mm -hmm. VIP versions of the tracks and just like hear about the process and video things and secret giveaways and all. like, it's just like sure. for the people who actually want to get it. Like if they don't right. want to get it, I don't care. Like just don't yeah. subscribe to it <laughs> or unsubscribe. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And is there anything like, have you taken any like feedback or comments from fans because even like for the merch for example like I, I love the whole inspiration that you the story you told behind the tour and the theme um and even like how that translates to the merch like have you gotten yeah. any feedback from fans and stuff on all that um I think the feedback was in the sale itself was yeah. uh <laughs> really really surprising the sale did three times better than like the best dirty bird Christmas season ever. Wow. And I was like, this is a brand new project that nobody even really knows is happening yet. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I was like, sure. this is crazy. What is going on? And my That's whole awesome. thing with that is I never like to even call it merch because mm -hmm. I think there's, especially in this genre, there's a lot of stuff that just looks like not my favorite stuff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Following. I, I'll just put it that way. Yeah. And I'm like, nobody's doing like the Bape or like the Kith version of like artist merch. So we're trying to mm -hmm. make it like really nice cotton, all the crazy loop tags and patches and no dye sublimation like nylon jersey mm -hmm. you know i'm not into that i went so i really right. i refuse to sell anything that i would not wear mm -hmm. so if i'm not gonna wear it it's not coming out right 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 yeah no that's a good way to put it yeah and i mean like how one thing i did want to like talk about too like i mentioned so i do like a lot of like festival reviews and like lineup reviews and things like that to help people discover new music and even i think it was the electric forest lineup that you're on um, but even when I did like a full breakdown of that by genre, I think it's like funny to see the reaction sometimes where people may not recognize the new name, like they might have recognized Claude Von Stroke. So it's like that right. whole new introduction of like, what's happening. Um, but yeah, like, what is your reaction kind of like, to that to like kind of starting yeah. over with this like new project this year? So many times, I can't even tell you how many times <laughs> this has happened. Yeah, where I'll almost be, I'll like be at a show even and people will be like, 
oh my god you're claude von stroke i didn't even know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'd be like yeah it's the same it's not we were, it's me. So yeah. we, we used to do jokes so my brother looks a lot like me okay. and we used to do jokes at camp out dirty bird camp out where oh, he nice. would wear the barkley crenshaw clothes and then sneak up behind me during the claude set and oh people would be gosh. like i thought it was the same guy what <laughs> and they're like he really is his brother yeah and then i do things like at wakan when i played both sets i'll say oh my little brother is playing over on the other stage in like 20 minutes oh my god i don't know we just like i don't i don't know why it's funny to me to perpetuate that it's, two yeah. but it's not two different people it's really me that's awesome well you never i mean at this state i feel like there's so many artists out there who have like aliases or performing with things on their head and like you just don't yeah. even know who it is and it's like yeah at this point people hopefully people are just showing up for the music or even at that point yeah like stumble upon your set or something like that and it just connects with them on a level and maybe that's their introduction as well which is just yeah. as cool i think yeah but i'm excited i know you have like you said you have the tour and you have so many festival sets i was listening to the wakan set that you did and then uh, you posted on youtube like a warehouse set yeah. that was fantastic which i loved how Thank that was you. shot yeah are my you doing friend... anything like go ahead sorry oh sorry my friend uh that i'm like one of my best friends on earth his name's anthony garth and he lives in detroit i'm from detroit originally mm -hmm. and he is like a huge commercial television director wow but he still likes to do cool like indie pro he did all these like white stripes and eminem and every everybody that's from detroit he did did a music video for them for sure mm -hmm. and so he said he would shoot that for me and he did a great job on that that yeah. detroit warehouse that it's on youtube if you want to look at it and i just released a mix so yesterday that oh. is like a sad boy mix <laughs> like for, <laughs> for like the gray days of winter when you're not okay. when you're not raging it's right. for like the car <laughs> or for like staring out the window at the coffee shop or just walking down the street oh, i love that it's called like the gray day mix and mm. uh yeah that is a i think we're gonna just post it to everybody tomorrow but it's mm -hmm. i send everything to the newsletter first and then a few days later we'll do it give it to everyone but it's Perfect. up on soundcloud if you just search it I'm I'm so glad because I love I still love like listening to sets like wherever it is like I'm a, a big fan of Lane Eight's mixtapes as well that he puts out so like I'm yeah. yeah I'm excited to check that out I'll link the the newsletter down below as well but I did want to ask like if there's any artists listening to this podcast who also like whether they feel stuck or maybe they are juggling multiple projects can't pick a direction like how important do you think it is to be able to pivot and be flexible and, and change and like you know maybe even take that risk to go in a new direction i i think that if you're not being true to yourself you're gonna it's gonna be tough mm -hmm. it's like if you're not doing what you want to do then you might as well just go get a job mm -hmm. you know what i mean like what's the difference at a certain point you're just maybe it's a little bit more fun but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I That's kind of what happened with me. I mm -hmm. was kind of at the tail end of my Dirty Bird run. And I was just looking at it like, 
I need to flip the script because there's just, I did this for a really long time Mm -hmm. and I'm just don't feel like making another house song next week. It's, I just Mm -hmm. don't want to do it. And so I always have been playing these sets right since 2014 or something. I've been playing these Mm -hmm. sets just here and there, the secret after party, the camp out base lodge. Mm -hmm. Somebody has like a, unannounced thing i'll come and play hip-hop set i played it in like someone's fraternity right. <laughs> like, in florida so i know that if you give me the choice i started to notice that if you gave me the choice and i was mm-hmm. at an after party and i had an open format ability i could do anything i wanted that i was like i'm not i'm not playing house anymore at those shows where i used to And so I started to, it started to creep in that I needed to change what I was doing. Hmm. Interesting. And how long do you sit with a decision like that? Like, are you somebody who, once that's in your head, like it's quickly like, okay, what are the action steps to like make this, this happen? Or is that something you did think about for a long time? Sorry, my dog is making noise. (laughs) Well, after we sold Dirty Bird, I worked at Dirty Bird for a year, not being the Mm -hmm. owner. And that was kind of how... I just That's noticed that I'm not a very good employee yeah. <laughs> and I just needed to change it up so that right. after my year was over, I said, okay, let's, let's do this. Mm. Were there any like, well, I'm sure not were there, I'm sure there were tough conversations, but what do the conversations look like with that change of direction? Whether it's like with your family or your team or your peers, like how do those conversations go? Certain people were very surprised. I think like Green Velvet was super surprised. Okay. I popped it out of nowhere on social media. Yeah. And because I love him to death and I mm-hmm. still, I'm sure we will we reunite as Get Real. Yay. But uh, <laughs> I think I really needed my wife to be on board with it and she was. Mm-hmm. And the Dirty Bird team got it. I think they sensed it as well. Like mm-hmm. Aaron, my label manager, who's now still the label manager, who's now running right. the shop. He kind of was feeling it too. I think he noticed it. I think he was surprised that I said I was going to go become a bass DJ. Right. <laughs> but I also knew, I think he knew kind of that I was probably going to exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about the fans? Cause I know like, I'm sure there might be nerves even just writing up that newsletter or that post that like the announcement is like out there in the universe. Like how did that feel? Amazingly, the fans have been really great. Mm. It's very like if I, I was reading the, I don't always read all the comments, but I was reading them when I was switching over and Mm -hmm. it would be like one out of a hundred comments would be like, (laughs) you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone else would be like, yeah, sure. we, of course, like, just, you can't just fake the funk. Like, you can't just mm-hmm. continue doing it. And, like, nobody wants that product. Yep. Like, why, do we, yep. why would we want to see you pretending to be psyched? Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. And they when they hear the music, they'll get it as well. Like, right. yeah, why, why wouldn't you want to support somebody, like, in taking a step like that to, to do something? I need a shirt that says, you can't fake the funk. That's amazing. <laughs> 
(laughs) That's so true, though. But yeah, of course, I mean, I would hope that people are supportive. And have you I'm trying to think this year. um, Have you played any shows yet? Are you saving it for the tour? Um, This Friday is my first outing. And I'm just opening for Liquid Stranger in Dallas is kind of like a trial run. Okay. March 8th to just like get get my get one under the belt because mm-hmm. he's been a friend and like i played with con and I, he's just kind of like will you open for me at this show and i'm like yeah let's i need Why to not? get one in. i need to get one <laughs> anyway before i just go raw into this tour and yeah like, yeah one has to sure. be amazing you know mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome so you'll and get i also did that wet. <laughs> at the end of tail end of last year i played that show uh with of the trees at red rocks which was kind of like mm. over that was like the right. one where i said hey here's the switch over we put out a track we played red rocks together so that was kind of like the warning shot like here's a piece of music mm-hmm. that this represents and here's a big show and this is what's coming right that's so cool and i mean you touched on this a little bit but again just even for like for advice for me i'm just curious like now that you have your focus on one project do you think other things have kind of like come into more alignment or it's been like easier to like pour your time and energy into that because you don't have like a million i'm sure you still have a million things that you're juggling but not as much under your belt running like festivals all this stuff like is it just does it feel more seamless i guess now that you're like you know single-minded on this yes it's more manageable. It's way more focused. Mm. It's more, uh, it's very clear what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And my new year's resolution was don't start any new companies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, a person I needed who to hear that. <laughs> my, I'm a person who thinks of five new companies a day. Yes. I just can't I relate it. to that I, so hard. <laughs> I have like so many ideas every day. Mm-hmm. A blessing and a curse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that restraint. I mean, maybe it's like working with the coach or bouncing ideas off a team. But I mean, even having a team under you, like, is is delegation something that can be hard? Yeah. I will say this year is kind of like. I'm not gonna say it's scary, but mm-hmm. this year is more of like. <clears throat> we used to make this amount of money. And now we're chopping that like into mm-hmm. a tenth and right. hoping that it works. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, then you just kind of got to like reassess. But so it's right. a little bit scary because I'm doing all this work mm-hmm. just assuming that it will pay off. And my daughter, right. is all, my daughter has this conversation with me all the time where <laughs> she's like, dad, not everyone is a just like eternal optimist Hmm. and not everyone on earth just thinks everything's going to work all the time. And she's kind of trying to tell it because I'm always like that. And she's (laughs) like trying to give me like a clue. Like it's not that easy, but but then I'm like, but my response to her always is, but if you don't think of like, if you don't think like that, then it definitely won't happen. A hundred percent. Exactly. But it's the people who have the most positive outlook who uh, amazing things happen to them. So, yeah. 
<laughs> but it's hard but that might also come with like experience and like life experiences as well but I'm I'm with you on that I think if you're on a wavelength of being in alignment with yourself and maybe having hopeful you know outcomes in mind maybe things will just work out yeah better than hope. you planned <laughs> I have a feeling things are gonna things are gonna go really really well and I think it's exciting Thank you. especially this year I think I mean I think the music industry is just like in an interesting place, even with like the way things are going with social media. And I think festivals, like I'm doing an episode coming up just about ticket sales and how expensive festivals have gotten and things like that. And I just think it's, we're just at like an interesting time where people are also like things are expensive and people are being really careful yeah. about where they put their, their time and their money. Um, so it's that's cool part of the reason come out and support. Yeah. Sorry. That's that's part of the reason why we're not uh, doing the festivals is because I feel I know everyone just looks at the tickets and goes, oh, your guys mm -hmm. are killing us. But honestly, I feel for the festival promoters because I know yeah. that all of their costs like doubled. The artists right. didn't get any cheaper. Everything is way harder and people are getting really picky about what they're buying tickets to. So it's not like you can even just put it up and be like, yeah, it's going to sell out anymore. Mm -hmm. So being a festival promoter is like probably one of the hardest, most uh, nerve wracking jobs on earth. Mm -hmm. It was for me Agreed. at least. It was right. so fun, but it was also <laughs> really hard. Yeah. No, it's, it's was a very strange year last year for festivals and I, I agree with you i got like two or well like three people from within the industry to write in from like different departments just about like their take as well not you know to justify both sides because i i did want to like highlight the actual production and what goes into it and why the ticket prices are raising and then just to talk about that so that people feel like they're they're spending their money in a good place but i think when you see event production step up and you see the money being put to good use as well and it's creating that experience for you like for me it's so much more than music like i like ones that have like um activities you can do art installations camping yeah. like i like the whole experience because i think that adds so much more to it but yeah it that's, is interesting to see where we're at that's what we always tried to do the whole 360 of like uh, game mm -hmm. activities i would really i'd be interested in seeing some sort of statistic because i bet the amount of festivals that turn a profit is under mm -hmm. 10 sure yeah i don't think that everyone's cleaning up i think maybe like two or three festivals just crush it sure. and then everyone thinks that everyone's a billionaire but right. i know <laughs> as far as our festival we were running it right to the mm -hmm. line every time yeah yeah i know it's hard and teams are smaller than people think as well even for like the smaller like boutique festivals too so it is it's tough and i like work on both sides of it because i like the company i work for we sponsor festivals but then also as a festival content creator it's been hard to be like paid as a creator and things like that too so it's yeah. i like i see it from both sides but it is tricky but it, i'm curious to see how this year goes as far as festivals we're kind of like just gearing up for it to get crazy in march yeah. so We'll everyone says they're here. not going out until they see five videos of everyone out and then i don't <laughs> then it kind of changes <laughs> sure 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 uh well i'm sure well you'll have to tell me because i mean with life with kids changes things as well like my son is six months old so oh, i'm yeah, you got a long just road. dipping my yeah <laughs> 
I'm just dipping my toes like back into things, but it's gonna it's gonna be an adjustment. How, how do you balance like family life too with everything else you're doing? Well, I'm on the exact opposite end of the spectrum as you. Yeah. <laughs> so my kids are like going to college next year. Mm -hmm. They're starting. Yeah, That's my crazy. son's going to college, and then Ella has two more years of high school. But they're like on the way out. So they mm -hmm. get, it does get easier. You will have a hard time. There's no way around it. Yeah. And then it starts to just get a little bit easier once the walking and the talking comes in and everything. <laughs> you will get yeah. some relief. Just yeah, there, yeah, it's yeah. going to come. It's sleep. Yeah. You know what? You're <laughs> going like, to laugh a lot. Sleep again. I would say, yeah. You should cherish it because you, it goes mm. super fast and just try to laugh as much as you can. And it it is fun in a certain way. Yeah. That's good advice. My dad said said to us, he's like, when you get frustrated, just hug them instead. Instead of getting frustrated, just give them a hug. Yeah. And we, I like literally think about that every time he's crying at 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to hug him. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it is. It's, it's tough. And, I, I mm -hmm. feel you. It's, it's, it's yeah. a thing. It's a roller coaster. But I mean, it's it's just it's really just cool to talk to you and just hear like how you've taken your career and life and it's genuinely seems like you're so happy with this project and where you're at now like I guess going into 2024 is there anything else that you haven't done yet that you're just like really really excited to to do this year I mean I, I'm trying to put myself in more uncomfortable situations like I'm gonna try to go to some cities like I did with London with beats mm -hmm. to see if I can do stuff and we'll see. I'm, I'm doing, I used to be really tight ass about collaborations cause I was just, I don't know what my problem was, but right. <laughs> now I'm just like, I'll do all of them. You know what I right. mean? Like, let's just yeah. do it. Like who cares? Like really mm -hmm. let's go. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, so hopefully I, we'll get some cool back to back sets too. Maybe. Maybe we'll see. Yeah whatever happens at the afters yeah. i'm much more <laughs> open-minded which is really weird i i don't know if it's uh i don't know if it comes with the house music genre or not or just the way i was running but mm -hmm. i do feel like i had a, a lot of tunnel vision mm. where i was like everything in the house world is the only thing going on mm, okay or whatever and not really thinking yeah. about the whole picture of the world. Sure, sure, sure. Ooh, I wonder if that's going to change more because I think you can see some artists starting to have that genre crossover where they're like, I'm throwing that out the window. I don't really care. I'm going to do whatever, whether it's just their live sets or what they're actually producing. But I think that's yeah. fun. I, I like seeing artists like experiment and have fun and like not knowing what to expect. It makes it more interesting. So Some weird stuff is happening. Like yeah. I... <laughs> Uh, even like, uh, John summit was in my DMS telling me that he's playing like our dubstep track <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's really weird, Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's been drum, drum and bass has been thrown in. Like they, yeah. I know, I, you know, Dom Dalla was talking about that, he, how he ends a lot of his sets with his drum, drum and bass edits of some of his tracks. So I mean, that's it, honestly, it keeps it interesting. I've been, I did that since 2005. I just wanted yeah. everyone to know that, that <laughs> an original idea. You've been Not, here. I, I don't know. 
<laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's 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 cool to see. It makes it exciting. Like I think this is going to be a very interesting year, both live events wise, music wise, and I'm excited to see you finish out your your 80 days on social media. We're almost there, and then it's kick coming. off the tour. I guess. Last thing, like, what can people expect on the tour? Oh, it's just going to be fun. I, I want it to be fun. Like, I want, I think that you're going to hear a lot of eclectic music. It's not just going to be one thing. It's not just going to be a bunch of hard stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to go as many places as I, as I can while still realizing that you want to dance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go all the way over, like, yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, but I just want it to be a place where you can have fun with your friends and just have this like dirty bird camp out vibe in the, in the club and trade awesome. like trading the patches and hanging out and I'll chat with everybody. And I, it's just going to be low stress, mm -hmm. That's fun awesome. and no, That's and awesome. no like high pressure. Right. And I did, I'm so, so sorry I didn't check yet, but is there support announced yet or anything like that or just? I think the support. Yeah. So this is a good question because uh, in line with what I'm saying, the main support in New York is Tie-Dye Kai, who's also all over the map genre wise. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, then we, it's like we have Super Future and Great Dane and Fly the, but I'm not, wow. the combinations are always changing between the first yeah. three shows. But I, all those people are on the first three shows in some order. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're all like kind of people that I've either booked before or hung out with or like Super Futures from Michigan. And he was like helping me with bass patches on the album. That's and Tide awesome. Kai have had a camp out and camp in and I just liked his style. And Great Dane is like, from the beat scene and I always liked his tracks. It's like, there's always like a tie in. Mm. I never just like, Oh, let's just throw on whatever person. Right. 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 I was going to say, that's why I'm curious to see the support for you. Cause I know you're going to be like uplifting some pretty cool, cool artists that will have the opportunity and New York will be a good one to kick it off with. Cause you'll, you'll know right away with that crowd, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but they love to have, they love to have fun. That'll be such a fun venue. So I will definitely try to make it out for that. I think that would be super fun. I want to get a patch. I got to yeah. go. <laughs> I'll see you there. Oh, yes. Well, lastly, plug where everybody can connect with you now. We'll plug the newsletter in so people can can uh, subscribe to that. Great. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. or just join the Barclay Discord or whatever you want to do, whatever level of interest you have. You could, There's mm -hmm. stuff going on. I'm doing stuff. So yeah. if you want to get involved, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for you. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. This has been such a fun conversation and I'm really, really excited to see what this year has for you. I think it's going to be an amazing reception um, and I'm excited for new music coming out too. So keep it going. March 8th, new album. Yes. Album dropped, so tour, all the things. You're so welcome. Thank you, Barclay. Thank you, Thank you so Bye. much. Bye, Emma.